0: Welcome everyone to a brand new episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. My name is Nick. This show is all about scratch-made food and positive energy. If this is your first time here, welcome. It is so, so wonderful to have you here. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. It is so, so amazing that you continue to support me. We are celebrating 50 episodes here on Nikolai's Kitchen, which is unbelievable to me. That's 50 full-length episodes. We don't count the quick bites as part of that, but if we count the quick bites, I'm at like 75. But 50 full-length episodes, just doing this little show, just by myself, just doing my thing. You know, it, it it sometimes it takes a lot out of me, and sometimes it takes a lot more effort than you would think. 40 minutes worth of audio takes. But I love, love, love doing it so, so much. I love being here and I love trying to just spread a little bit of positivity. I love trying to make the world better one dish at a time. Today on the show, we're going to do a little bit of AMA action. I've got some questions from some wonderful people, including the live chat. I'm streaming this right now over on the live stream for the Cure Twitch channel. And I also am going to be doing some positivity. And then in the back half of the show, we're going to be talking about a recipe that I again made live on the air. Because I decided it's 50 episodes. I had to revisit something that was really good as part of the show's history. First ever episode of this show, I made red wine brownies. I do this reduced red wine syrup. It's absolutely amazing. And so I decided... I wanted to make those brownies again, but what if I tried to fold something else into them? What if I decided to use an imperial stout instead? So I got Founders Kentucky Breakfast Stout. their KBS, which is an imperial stout, aged in bourbon barrels. And that infused everything from the brownies to the homemade caramel sauce that I made to go over them. So we'll talk about that again in the back half of the show. I did mention live stream for the cure, so I just want to take the opportunity to remind you May 19th, starting at 9 a.m. Eastern time, myself and content creators, podcast partners from around the world are going to be coming together to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute and to tell you a little bit more about what we're fighting for. Here's me. What does hope mean to you? Hello, everyone. My name is Nick, and I am the host of the annual live stream for the Cure, a charity live stream event to raise money for the Cancer Research Institute, which researches immunotherapy, training the body's immune system to fight all forms of cancer. Their mission, one that I believe in very, very strongly, is a future immune to cancer. And this year, for the sixth annual live stream for the Cure, I want to emphasize more than anything hope. Over the past five years, myself and amazing creators and partners from around the world have raised over $50,000 for this amazing cause, and this year we're looking to add another $20,000 to that total. Please join me May 19th starting at 9 a.m. Eastern for 45 hours of content over the next three days as I'm once again joined by amazing creators from around the world to help fight for hope. Learn more or make an early donation today at livestreamforthecure.com I talked recently in a positivity segment about kind of the way that we lie to ourselves. I talked about how we convince ourselves that we know we need to make a change and that somewhere along the way just saying that we need to make the change we convince ourselves that we are making it or that we have made it when we haven't and I bring this up again and I kind of wanted to delve a little bit back into this because I got some comments from the last video that I posted over on YouTube uh, from a commenter who mentioned you know that it's kind of that self-awareness thing like self-awareness is such a good thing and 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 I kind of wanted to bring that back up because I didn't want to like poo-poo the idea of self-awareness. Self-awareness is so important. Admitting that you need to make a change, knowing that you need to make a change is half of the battle. You really, really do have to have that self-awareness in, in order to kind of get started down that road. So I just, wa- I just wanted to kind of mention that because I think it, recognizing that there's an issue that needs to be resolved, recognizing that there's a problem that you need to address is absolutely everything. But it's where, for me, the kind of distinction comes from mentioning it over and over and over and over and over and over and over over again until you finally, like you've said it so many times, I need to change this. Like recognizing the problem, like how many times do you have to recognize the problem before you address the problem? So I just wanted to go back to that and just touch on that just a little bit because Self-awareness is important. I absolutely agree that self-awareness is so important. But so is action. Are you living the absolute best life that you can? Take a look at your life with me now. And let's just lower out the music in the background. Let's just quiet our minds here. And if you're in a position where you're able to, just take a moment with me, close your eyes, close your eyes and take a deep breath. Ready? And out. Let's do two more. In. One more time. quiet your mind wherever you're watching this whenever you're watching this listening to it anything in between those of you here watching live in the twitch chat let today go some of you depending on where you are in the world depending on what time of day it is your day might just be getting started god i hope it's a good one Your day might be winding down. You might be doing your nightly routine and kind of getting ready to finish things off for the day. That's amazing. I hope that today was so, so, so good to you. Just leave it all here. Just listen to my voice. Tune everything else out anything bad that might've happened today, you can leave it aside for just a few moments and let's just be here in this moment together. Let's take a moment to just believe in each other. Let's take a moment to just try to make the absolute best of our lives, of every single day. And when I ask that question, are you living your best life? What's the answer that immediately springs to mind? Not that you have to think about, don't dwell on it or anything, immediately pops into your head when I say that. What's the answer that pops in there? If it's yes, that's amazing. Keep living that best life. Keep doing absolutely everything. Just keep trying to make the world a better place. Keep trying to build up the people around you. If you answered no, take a hard look at it. What is it that's preventing you from living your best life? What's holding you back? What do you have to do to change it? The answer is somewhere out there. I promise you that it is. And maybe you don't have the answer today. Maybe you won't have it tomorrow. When we talk about self-awareness, it's about keeping that thing in the forefront of your mind and focusing and understanding that we can never achieve a goal. We can never reach that best life we can never live that best life if we don't consciously make choices to try to do so life is hard life is complicated relationships are complicated friendships are complicated everything is complicated in some way or another so just take a few moments and just break down When you wake up tomorrow, what's it going to take to make that day amazing? It could be something as simple as just that first sip of a beautifully, beautifully brewed cup of coffee. It's a beautiful, sweet cream that you pour into it, maybe. Maybe it's breakfast. Maybe you like making an omelet. Maybe you get in there like Gordon Ramsay and just furiously just destroy scrambled things when you make it. Frying up a couple of strips of bacon. Pouring yourself a bowl of cereal. Just grabbing a smoothie and shaking up a cup. Life is built of so many beautiful, simple little things like that. I take a moment and I just kind of try to reflect on and I kind of try to think about what I've done today. I try to reflect on the victories that I've had today. How have I won today? Got another video done? I'm sitting here right now You're hearing my voice because I'm recording this and I'm streaming this. Made a wonderful dinner. Barbecue chicken out on the grill, tossed it in some dry spices, basted it with my pineapple, ginger, barbecue sauce, my wing sauce. Made a great orzo with a lemon, Parmesan cream sauce. went for a nice two and a half mile walk today. It was beautiful here in upstate New York. Beautiful. I hope it's beautiful wherever you are. And even if it's cold, and even if it's rainy, God, there's beauty in that too. It's so easy in life to think about and focus on what's bad, what's negative, to focus on the negative things that happen to us every day of our lives. It's something that I used to do so much. I used to just be surrounded by negativity all the time, and that's all I would ever focus on was just negative, hateful, hurtful things. And it's really hard to drown it out of the world sometimes because especially on social media, it seems like it's just a giant amplifier for negativity. Choose, choose to just live the best life that you can and celebrate all of those beautiful little moments that make life beautiful. Because for me, like there are big things. There are big things cooking. There's always big things cooking. Whoever you are, I don't care who you are. I don't care where you are. You've always got something big coming. Something big on the horizon. Maybe you don't know about it. Maybe you do. And those are the things that, you know, can toss your life into chaos or just make it amazing or, you know, make it tougher for a while. But no matter what, there are So many amazing, beautiful things just waiting for you in this world. If you just breathe, take a moment, let it go. How did you win today? What did you win today? Maybe you just made a beautiful plate of scrambled eggs with some egg whites and some eggs this morning. Maybe you just did right by your diet and had a protein smoothie when you got back from a long walk. Maybe you celebrated the people that you love. Maybe you did something good for somebody else. That's best life to me. That's living to me. counting up all of the little tiny amazing moments, all of a sudden it becomes clear and apparent just how many amazing moments there are in your day and just how many amazing things that make up your life. So yeah, maybe traffic today wasn't as ideal as it could have been. Maybe it was frustrating. Maybe the guy next to you like cut you off and flipped you off. I'm sorry for that. Don't carry that with you all day. And as I think about this, and as I say this, it echoes back to that letter that I read a few weeks ago from Holly Butcher. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to that. Don't spend a single day of your life, don't spend a single minute of your life being miserable. Count the beautiful and amazing blessings all around you every single day. Spring is finally sort of here. It was snowing over the weekend in upstate New York. Oh, when I went outside for that walk today. It was so beautiful. Just a beautiful, brisk spring breeze. God, it felt amazing. It smelled amazing because people were outside cutting their grass. God, that's a, that's just, there's just something about that scent that just takes you to just beautiful, beautiful time. That's your life. Your life is the sum of all those little moments. Choose to lift up the very best of them. Did my brownies turn out exactly the way I wanted them to? No. They're a little bit too cakey. I overmixed them big time. And they could have had more stout flavor. But, God, it's chocolate and beer, man. It was still it was still amazing. It was still great. I am someone who is so hard on myself all the time and I I struggle so so hard to see the victories. To see those little victories, all those little things that you add up that make up a day. Do that for yourself. I'm going to be quiet here for 10, 15 seconds or so. I want you to just close your eyes if you're able to. Just take a moment and just think about the little wins that you had today. Count them up in your head. I bet you had a few, that's amazing. You are amazing. You're someone who's listening to this, someone who supports me and the things that I do. God, thank you. Thank you so, so, so much for being so amazing to me. My gratitude, I could never ever possibly show you the gratitude that I have for you, but I am absolutely going to try. shift gears here and we're going to do a little bit of a m a ask me anything action because i asked you know out there on social media and i asked in the twitch chat if anybody had any questions or anything like that for me as we head into 50 full episodes of Nikolai's kitchen the show has already transformed so so much since its inception i kind of just want to talk like about the history of the show just a little bit because it was born from The restaurant. And some of you listening may not know what the restaurant is. The restaurant's a food show that I used to have. If you go back and listen to early episodes of Nikolai's Kitchen, it's very much just kind of the restaurant 2.0. The negativity's pulled out because it was born out of an idea to review chain restaurants and bash them. Because I don't like chain restaurants. No one should. If you You know what? If you do, that's amazing. You love what you love. You know, life's too short to get hung up on what other people love but you know this show was very much it It, it didn't step out of the shadow of the restaurant at first it was still very much tied to it the opening song was still exactly the same I mean intro words changed but it was still relatively the same the outro is still exactly the same but that's because I really I love that outro it's so good You know, and and then like I was out like, oh, recipe of the week this and like, oh, I'll break down this and do this and that, and it's you know, it it just it, it it this show wasn't its own thing. It didn't feel like its own thing until it started to kind of get more, I think, towards season two. And especially into season three, like the food the food's still so important because food is like we just talked about the little things that add up and that make your day, that make your life what it is. And for me, like food is that thing. When I'm in the kitchen, when I'm cooking, when I'm working in the kitchen and building something beautiful, God, that's life. That's life to me. It's what fuels me. It's what drives me. But the food isn't even the biggest part of the show anymore. And the, the food is more about the streams, the live streams that I'm doing every Thursday. Make sure you follow my Twitch channel, uh, twitch.tv slash Nikolai's Kitchen, down in the show notes. Hit the link. Follow me and check out the streams because they're really, really fun. I've been having an absolute blast doing them. People show up in the chat and we just hang out and we cook food because food is such a visual thing. It's like a hundred times more powerful probably for me to be able to show you a picture of that brownie. And of course, if you're watching in the live chat, I can do that right now. But just to see a picture of that brownie, you know, for me to be able to show it to you live after I made it, So you can see the texture of it. I can never describe in words. You know, a picture's worth a thousand words, I think, is the old adage. It's kind of true, though. I can tell you how beautifully rich and chocolatey those brownies were. But you look at a picture of it. (sighs) Yeah. So the food still, I mean, it's Nikolai's Kitchen. That's always going to be the show. But the positivity stuff, it's more important to me. I think to do the positivity stuff and to try to put a little bit of good out into the world. And that's fueled by my love of food. And that we still talk about the food in the back half of the show. But I'm kind of proud that, you know, I feel like the show has its own identity. Now I feel like it's not just a food show. And like when I hear other people talk about my show, like in, in their podcasts or wherever, I'm not just a food show to them. And that to me is one of the best things that I take away from it. And maybe if you're somebody who's listening to this, you can relate to that because maybe I'm not just a food show for you. Maybe you don't even listen to me because of the food. Maybe you shut it off when we go into the musical interlude at the end of the, at the, end of the first half. And that's great. Whatever you get out of my show, whatever you get, that's amazing to me. And maybe you just follow me on social media and you're just like oh he's talking about brownies i'll see him on social media and then you look at the pictures on social media and they're like whoa, you know i just i feel like this show has its own voice and i feel like this show has found its footing now and i really 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 do love that so as i said we're going to do some ama stuff here first question i have is from uh top tier patron of the show, Jared Taylor. And he said, in the future, would you use a KBS variant like their espresso or fudge for your brownies? Or how about their CBS their Canadian breakfast style? Uh, The answer is yes to all the above. So CBS would be a little bit different because CBS, as I recall, has a distinct maple flavor to it. And I really feel like I would have to rework the, the, the caramel bar none bar none like the caramel that i i honestly i want to make 10 different versions of this caramel all with different beers the caramel turned out way better than the brownies did like that's bar none but yeah like especially like their fudge or like their espresso like that especially like espresso like that kind of stuff is just going to infuse more into this they have that one that's out now that's, what is it? Uh, cinnamon, vanilla, cocoa, or whatever. I could have used that one because that's even richer and more chocolatey. And that would have only enhanced everything I was doing with the brownies. But I kind of want other elements. Like if I'm gonna do something, if I'm gonna make something a part of food, I want it to be a standout element of it. I don't want it to just inform the flavors that are already there. Like If I use, like say, their Fudge KBS, These are fudge brownies, so you're going to lose that in this. You know, you're going to lose a good portion of that in this. So I I feel like I don't know if that answers the question or not, but uh, I feel like there's a lot of different ways you could kind of approach that idea. Podcast Rob said, "What is your favorite pro wrestling stable and why is it Raven's Flock?" Man, that takes me back to my WCW days. WCW. My good friend Brad from the Cinema Guys podcast says, what meal would pair best with Vin's drink of choice? Uh, and it's a gif of Vin Diesel in The Fast and the Furious, one of those movies, uh, talking about Corona. And I don't know, Corona is just like a light pilsner, right? And most people have it with lime, so anything Mexican? Really? My enchiladas, that's what would pair really, really well with with Corona. I don't really drink Corona. I mean, I used to, like, I don't dislike it, but it's definitely not my beer of choice anymore. So my good buddy, Justin Winters himself, Mr. Drop the Sugar, my sugar bro. If you could cook with any famous chef, past or present, who would it be and why? Gordon Ramsey, bar none. I think, and I think Chris Yaney asked a question like this over in the dining room as well. And... Same answer to same answer to both questions. I mean, it's 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 yeah, his is what famous celebrity chef would you like to share a kitchen with slash learn from it? It definitely be Gordon Ramsay. Definitely be Gordon Ramsay. I mean, just because like I feel like like for all of his TV persona, like for the for the whole for the bluster that he puts on, I think like his passion for food and like the way that he cares about food is really, really evident. And I, I, I don't know. That speaks to me. That speaks to me whenever I watch them. Like it, it, There's, there's some chefs that you see, where it seems like it's, it's a job to them, you know. And I think, I, I think when I see him talk about food, I, I, I feel like he's always really passionate about it. I'll, I'll swerve over to Chris Yaney's next question because it follows right off of that first one. Uh, where did you first learn of them? Hell's Kitchen, probably, or Kitchen Nightmares, one of the two. And I've made his scallops. I've, I've very specifically followed his scallop recipe. The last, uh, the the only, not even the last two, the only two times I've ever made scallops were Gordon Ramsay's scallops. And I've never cooked scallops before. And following that recipe, like I'd only ever eaten them one other time in my life and they were terrible. I didn't cook them, like but they just weren't good. They were just terrible. And I was really, really anxious when I was cooking them. And just you, basically you take them, you pat them dry, you get a good crust of salt and pepper on there, and then you basically get a really searing hot pan. And then you put them down like numbers on a clock, around in the pan, let them go for like 90 seconds, flip them once, another 90 seconds, you and then you take them off the heat, squeeze some lemon juice in the pan and just toss them. Perfect, both times I made them, they turned out absolutely perfect, that sear, that flavor is unbelievable unbelievable like i mean i just i i can't wait to make them again they're very cost prohibitive to make because they're like thirty dollars a pound here i don't know how much they are elsewhere but they are they are hefty hefty price tag but my god are they worth it oh so so good winters also asked what's the cooking skill you'd most like to take a class to improve upon Making eggs. Making eggs. Now I feel like maybe a little bit. My egg game has gotten better. I do feel like my eggs have gotten better. But like when I talked about that breakfast lasagna, what was that? Um, you know, a handful of episodes ago, the hollandaise I made was god awful. God awful. You know? So just like eggs, like everything eggs, I've never poached an egg before. You know, and there's some things like I think my deviled eggs are pretty good. There's a quick bite on those floating around in in the feed somewhere. And I think I can do pretty well by an omelet or by scrambled eggs. But I think I think they can get way better. And I think I've come close. I think I've touched. I won't even say greatness. I've touched goodness with my eggs, but I haven't reached it yet. Like I haven't even come close. I haven't touched it yet. So it'd definitely be eggs. And like I said, I mean, just even thinking about that hollandaise, how bad that turned out. I mean, I, I've i got a lot more to learn in, in, in that realm. And I mean, that's like not even to touch like all the different types of ethnic cuisine. Wait until you guys find out what I'm cooking for Thursday. Uh, I had to order a bunch of stuff off of Amazon because you can't buy it in grocery stores where I live. And I live in Ithaca, which has an extremely large Asian population, but you still can't find it here. So I had to order it all online, and I'm just like, I'm super excited because I was watching Beat Bobby Flay, I think, and somebody made it, and I was like, what's that? Start Googling. Start researching. Before you know it, I'm ordering stuff off of Amazon. That's how we learn, though. You get out there. You just learn by doing, you know? My cousin Renee asked a few questions here. First one she asked was, my favorite dish I've ever cooked. As in like a specific iteration of a dish, I don't think I can answer that because there are too many that could possibly vie for that title. But I think the easiest answer for that is my New Year's prime rib. Every New Year's Eve, I do prime rib. I do a red wine glaze or red wine jus, I should say. Mashed potatoes. I'll cook down some onions and red wine. And this past year, I did scallops on New Year's Eve as well. My New Year's Eve dinner every year. Love it. Absolutely love it. Thanksgiving dinner, too. Like, I am super proud when I make Thanksgiving dinner every year. I don't care that I'm on my feet for two days straight making pies, making turkeys, making everything else. I don't care. It's amazing. And I absolutely, absolutely love it. That's probably, I mean, like I said, I couldn't pick, like, a single iteration of a meal or of a dish like, there's things that I've made that I was blown away by how good they turned out, but there's too many things on that list. The hardest dish I've ever cooked, French dip sandwiches. And I say French dip sandwiches because I still have yet to find a good enough good enough French dip recipe. And I have tried a couple of times to make French dip sandwiches, and they are always, always god-awful. Just absolutely and completely terrible, and I love them so much. It, it just it, it it breaks my heart that I've never had a good one, never made a good one. I've had a good one, but it's been an eternity. And I'm a big fan of like that French dip, where like you just take the whole sandwich and just jump right down in the jus, like and it's just sopping. That's that's my French dip, but yeah, I can't I can't seem to get it. I've tried it like twice both completely different variations on it each time didn't even come close a dish i'd never make again i'm struggling to think of a dish that i'd never make again because i would always if i if i haven't nailed it like say with the french tip like if i haven't nailed it i'm just gonna try it again and i'm gonna try to do it better I can't think of anything where I've just completely thrown my hands up on it like for good forever and walked away from it. Like think about things like General So's. Like I tried it a few times and it just never, never, never turned out. But then I went back and I cracked back at it after I learned more about Asian cooking. And now that General So's is, it sings. It's beautiful. I absolutely love it. So I don't know that there's anything I would never intentionally never cook again. I honestly don't think there is. I do want to thank everyone for taking the time to send in questions. I really, really do appreciate it. Thank you so, so much for all of your amazing support. We are going to run into a break, everyone. And when we come back, brownies. We did it in episode one. We talked about red wine brownies with a red wine chocolate ganache. Now, 50 episodes later, We're taking the same brownie recipe, and instead of wine, KBS Imperial Stout aged in bourbon barrels. And then we're topping it with a beautiful and amazing caramel infused with the same beer. I can't wait to tell you guys all about it right after this. thank you so so much for listening if you like the show the best thing that you can do to help me is help me play that algorithm game and the only way that you can do that is whatever podcast you're listening to this on now leave a five-star rating and review leave a comment leave likes share wherever you're able to tell a friend the more you help me the more i'm able to grow Don't forget all this month for the month of April. If you're listening on Podchaser, if you have Podchaser, and if you don't have Podchaser, sign up for an account because all April long, you can go on Podchaser. You can review every single episode of my show. You can review the show itself. And for every single review, they will donate 25 cents to the World Central Kitchen, which is feeding refugees from Ukraine. And if I leave a reply to your review, they will double it. So go on there, go to Podchaser, even if it's not your thing, even if you don't normally use it as a podcatcher, this is a wonderful, wonderful cause. They do it every single year. It's called hashtag reviews for good. It's hashtag reviews, the number four, good. Make sure you check that out and make sure, just go on there and leave reviews of the episodes of the show. Not only is it going to help me, but it's also going to help feed people in need. 50 episodes ago, Well, so the red wine brownies were born from a recipe from the restaurant days. You know, they came from the old show. That recipe came from the old show, but I refined it a bit and I tweaked it and I reworked it and I made this absolutely beautiful marriage of red wine that I reduced down into a syrup and fudgy, decadent brownie goodness. My brownies, I always aim more than anything else to make my brownies rich because i like rich i like fudgy i do not like cakey brownies and i say that because these brownies i made these live on the air they were cakey basically brownies get more cakey when you introduce more air into them and i just kind of misread my recipe because i was live on the air streaming and trying to do all that stuff so my mind was going in a thousand different directions at once so i saw whisk and then i thought i was supposed to whisk in every egg but i wasn't supposed to and i introduced too much air into this you could see in the pictures that i posted on social media and in the episode art for this show you can see you can very very clearly see that they're cakey and they tasted cakey and i just like, if you're going to make a cakey brownie, just make cake. It's it, fine. Nothing wrong with cake. If you love cake, like I really, really someday want to learn how to make like a beautiful, like massive multi-tiered cake from scratch covered in buttercream with really, really like decadent and intricate icing and, and all that kind of stuff. It's fine. But if I want brownies, I want brownies that are just barely not fudge. Like I want them rich rich and chewy, melt-in-your-mouth, gooey, fudgy, amazing brownies. So when it was coming time to do episode 50, and there's going to be times like I've revisited enchiladas on this show because they became something so much different from what they were originally, I had to. I felt like I absolutely had to. But this one, just because it's a special celebration, we're celebrating 50 episodes, I wanted to go back and I wanted to take a look at that first recipe, but I didn't want to just make red wine brownies again. I wanted to take something else that I really, really love and see if I could incorporate it into those brownies, and that something is beer. Now, I wanted to pick something that I felt was going to complement the chocolate, like the darker, rich sweet flavors that you've got going on in these brownies. So I picked Founders Brewing's KBS. is their Kentucky Breakfast Stout, which is an imperial stout aged in bourbon barrels. And when you crack open a bottle of this, ooh, you can taste that smokiness and that nice, beautiful kind of caramel note from that bourbon barrel. Like, it is an amazing, amazing beer. And this was what I decided to choose when I wanted to make these brownies and when I decided instead because like normally the red wine brownies I make this red wine chocolate ganache but instead I wanted to do a caramel now the caramel recipe is mostly from Sally's Baking Addiction I basically just kind of combined the beer together and made the syrup that I normally make for the brownie batter as well and then continued on the normal caramel recipe from there but the link to that episode or to that recipe excuse me will be down in the show notes as well. The most important thing to do with the caramel and with the brownies, I just want to kind of mention this from the get go, is to make your beer syrup. Now, I will also say when I made these, I mentioned it live on the stream as well, but I would increase the amount of beer. I think this can take more and you can lean more heavily into the beer side of this. I don't think you need to kind of hold it back, especially when it comes to the brownies, because you've got all that beautiful kind of dark chocolate going on in there. And I feel like if you up the beer, you're just going to add more malts that are just going to play better with all that beautiful chocolatiness in the beer. The caramel, I could kind of go either way on it. Like if I went out there and tasted it right now, I could probably say, oh, this could definitely use some more. Or you could pedal it back even a little bit because especially day two, like I took pictures the day of the stream. I always take pictures for the show art and I hated them. So the next day, I went back and I got some caramel out and I put a little smear of it on a plate and I put the brownie down. I drizzled some more caramel over the top of it. If you're watching in the stream right now, you're looking at it behind my head. But you know, I I, I thought the the the, the 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 pictures the first day just looked absolutely terrible. But when I tasted that caramel day two you immediately get a beautiful punch of those amazing darker malts that they use to make those dark beers. Unbelievable, unbelievable how good that caramel turned out. So I don't necessarily know that you would really need to amp it up in the caramel sauce, but I think it can take it. And I definitely know that the brownies can take it. So you have to cook the sugar and your beer together And basically, you're going to cook it until the liquid is mostly gone. You're going to reduce it probably by about two-thirds. And once you kind of start to cook most of the liquid out of it and you've just got more of your different beer elements and your sugars and all that kind of stuff left in it, you notice this distinctive change when you're boiling it off because you'll just see it kind of simmering like liquid, simmering like water would simmer. But then it starts to foam and froth up as that liquid really cooks out of it. Once it gets to that point, you're stirring it regularly the whole time. Once it gets to that point, then you're done. And then I also said this, and I do the same thing with the red wine brownies as well, but you can basically take the syrup, make it all at once, and then just cut it into two halves. And then you've got everything that you need to uh, to do your caramel and to do your brownies. I always do double boiler when I'm melting chocolate for this. Now, when I made this as well, I had to change up my recipe kind of on the fly because Rebecca won a basket full of all sorts of baked goods and all sorts of different uh, fun treats. One of the things that was in there was milk chocolate baking chips. And most of the time when I make my brownies, I like to use unsweetened chocolate because I only want the, the sweetness in there that I want in there. But these milk chocolate baking chips were so sweet, I kind of had to change up the recipe. And that could have also led to some of the textural differences as well, because it wasn't nearly like I like to use Ghirardelli dark unsweetened chocolate. And these were milk chocolate chips. I think they were a store brand from some store. And they just weren't as high quality. So that could have also definitely affected the the final product here. And I also overbaked these as well. I put them in an eight by eight pan and my normal recipe instructions say 40, 30 to 40 minutes. I checked these at 35. I stuck a fork in the middle and it came out perfectly clean. Now, when you test it in the middle, when you when you put your toothpick or when you put your fork into the middle of the brownies, some brownie stuff will come out. It won't be liquidy or like drippy or anything like that, but there'll still be brownie clinging to it. And I let it in there for 35 minutes because, like I said, I was streaming. I was doing other stuff. I was trying to entertain. I was trying to make dinner, actually. And then when I got to the other side and I stuck it in there and no brownie came out and I was like, oh, no. So not only did I overmix these, I whisked every single egg into this. I specifically wrote this in the instructions even back for the red wine version. If you want this to be cakier, then whisk every egg into the batter. If you want it to be super, super fudgy, you just want to mix them in with just like your spoon, whatever you're using to stir together your batter just, and I mean this, just until they're incorporated. You don't want to overmix brownie batter because it's going to incorporate more air into it. And then, I mean, just make cake. Just make cake. (laughs) (sighs) So once again, the full recipe breakdown for the brownies and the caramel is down in the show notes. If you make this, please use that to be your guide. The brownies themselves are relatively straightforward. There's not really anything that's too complicated. If you've made brownies before, just follow the instructions. They're going to guide you to where you need to be. The really, really tough thing is the caramel. Now, for years, and I mean this for years, I would try to get. Uh, a caramel to turn out good and it never 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 turned out good and that was until i found this recipe and this method from sally's baking addiction and ever since i made this one the first time like i've done little variations on it like little tweaks here and there but the bones of this recipe is still very much from that so i wanted to make sure i linked that When making it this time, I really, really wanted to make sure it was going to stand up and it was going to hold that beer. So I just did the same thing I did, like I said, for the brownies. I combined the beer and the sugar and let that cook until, you know, it was reduced down pretty good and it was really foaming and frothing. The most important thing to keep in mind with the caramel as well is stir, 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 stir. You do not want it to burn. You're playing with a lot of sugar. You do not want it to burn, so you want to make sure you're stirring regularly until the recipe tells you not to. And this isn't something that comes from the Sally's Baking Addiction site, but it's something that I've learned from making caramels over the years. I covered this periodically during all the phases of cooking because what happens if you have like crystallization on the side of your pan and it touches your caramel, it's going to eventually cause all of your caramel to completely crystallize over. And you can avoid this by doing one of two things. Either you can take a – like some people will take like a little water brush and they'll brush around the inside edges of the pan or you can just cover the cover the pan because all that steam that's coming up out of the pot is going to condense against the lid and then it's going to run down the sides back into the caramel. It's going to wash all that sugar, all that crystallization back into the caramel itself. So then you have a beautifully rich, smooth – Caramel. So I included this in my notes, but it's not something that comes from the Sally's Baking Addiction site. Like I said, I've seen a ton of different caramel recipes, but every time I don't cover caramel, I seem to end up with it being crystallized. So if you're having trouble and if you're making caramels, if you have made caramel before and you've run into it crystallizing, cover it. And again, like I said, you want to stir this regularly so you can't just cover it the whole time. But there's a couple points in here. Like when you add your butter and you add your cream, where you then you just have to let it sit, you don't touch it, get the lid on it, cover it, because it's going to wash down the sides of that pan and it's going to avoid being crystallized. And this turned out so beautifully, creamy, dreamy, smooth, not a speck of sugar crystal anywhere to be found. And when you make this, like I said, don't drizzle it over the top, put a nice smear of it right on the plate and just put the brownie right down in it and then just eat it with a spoon scooping up a little bit of that caramel sauce every single time you go. You get that beautiful, beautiful, dark chocolate malts from the beer, and it just sings to these brownies. Just One thing I didn't get a chance to do, I actually still have some brownies. I still have some caramel. I still have one bottle of KBS left. I think what I'm going to do when I wrap this recording is I'm going to go get a brownie. I'm going to put some caramel on a plate. I'm going to put that brownie on top of it. And then I'm going to open that KBS because I want to try it with the beer that it was made from. And I think that is just going to be the most beautiful marriage. But that is going to do it for another episode of Nikolai's Kitchen. I love you so much. You are amazing. I want to thank you so, so much for all of your incredible support for getting me to 50 episodes of this show. I know my recording schedule and my release schedule are sporadic. I know I don't release on a consistent schedule. And I used to be that guy too. Like Epic film guys had to come out every single Thursday, no matter what. I was so hardcore about it all the time. And now I want to deliver a quality Nikolai's Kitchen. I want to deliver a Nikolai's Kitchen that I am so, so proud of. I want to deliver a Nikolai's Kitchen that I truly, truly believe in. And there are some days when I just can't record it. You know, there are some days when I just need my energy elsewhere or whatever else. So I'm sorry that the show doesn't have a consistent release schedule. I will try my best to adhere to one. I've got a bunch of content backlogged that I'm kind of trying to prep for the stretch into May for live stream for the cure season because I'm not going to be recording new episodes during that time. You know, I've got a bunch of stuff to, to kind of stretch through there, but, you know, I sometimes I've and, and sometimes I've got other stuff I've got to do. I'm really trying to push hard to get this channel like on Twitch, a lot of exposure before the live stream for the cure begins, because it's going to help us more in the end. It's going to help us reach more people to fight for this cause. that's very, very important to me. So if it's a question of you know getting some work done for that or getting some work done for this, sometimes that's going to win. And sometimes this is going to win. So if you listen to this and you're like, God, why doesn't Nick release on a more consistent schedule? I'm sorry. That's all I can say is I'm sorry for that. But I hope that whenever you get Nikolai's Kitchen, I hope that whenever I finally deliver this to your ears, that it's something that's so, so worth waiting for. That you've just absolutely loved everything about it I really hope that you enjoyed the positivity stuff I really really hope that you loved the food stuff and everything else in between thank you so so much for 50 episodes and 50 more to come and then 500 more after that and thank you so much for coming on this journey with me Nikolai's Kitchen wouldn't be possible without the contributions of my amazing patrons. Well, thank you so much to Chris, M, and Sam. And a special shout out to my VIP patrons, Krista, Jared, Caleb, Dan, and Bill. Learn more and sign up today at patreon.com slash Kitchen.